Hey there, welcome to the She Connects podcast. I'm thrilled that you are here. My name is Susan Vandenhuvel, and I have the honor of being your host each and every week. She Connects is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, and allows me to connect with women in the online space. I wholeheartedly believe that we as women enjoy connecting with one another to share hearts, disappointments, dreams, any challenges that we're facing, and really to just do life together. The heartbeat behind this podcast is to help empower and equip you to step into all that God has for you to do in this world. I'll be sharing whatever God has placed on my heart for the week, and from time to time, I invite guests on the show that I personally have gleaned and been inspired from people that I admire and I just maybe want to learn a little bit more from and that I believe you will appreciate listening to. So welcome. I cannot wait to connect with you today. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the She Connects podcast. I'm excited that you are here. I'm honored to be your host again this week. You are going to love my guest and my friend, Lisa Goins. She's joining us from a completely different state. And this week, we're going to be talking about community, why it's important, and how to find yours. So with that, Lisa, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're joining us from. Well, thank you, Susan. It's so great to be here. So I'm joining you from Tulsa, Oklahoma. So we are just states and states apart. So um, I live here with my husband. We are current empty nesters as of recently, and we pastor a church here in Tulsa where we have been pastoring for the past 18 years. It's hard to believe that much time has gone by, but we have four adult children and they are all four married and we have one grandbaby which she's the pride of our life. Yeah, uh, we were just talking before I hit record that you are actually watching her this week. I am. It's their first trip away from their baby. So she has, we've just made it through our second um, overnight. So, wow. I had, you now I gave birth to four kids in three years when my kids were little. And I wonder sometimes how I survived it, but I did, but we have a set of twins in the middle. So I literally did all of those babies. And now I'm wondering how I do just one and how you, you can, you know, get your teeth brushed in the morning. So it's, it's quite the adventure. Yes. Yes. But it's just the best. Have you just been just soaking it all in being a grandma? Yes. All the snuggles, all the smiles. I feel like I am appreciating every moment like you don't when it's your own children, when they're small. So it really is a sweet, sweet season. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited for you. And I'm really excited to dive into this topic with you. I think it's such an important topic and, you know, just really encouraging, encouraging women that they do belong and that there is a healthy community out there for them. Uh, So, thank you so much for investing into my life and the life, the lives of our listeners this week. So let's just dive right in. Let's go right to, I don't know, the deep end of the pool. I mean, let's just dive in. You know, why is it that we can grow up in large families and have several friends? You know, we can be on the community and we feel like our lives are full of people. Um, It's not that we're living necessarily on an island, but, you know, we have a lot of people around us, but yet for some of us, we can still feel alone in a room full of people. Yes. Okay. So that 
I really lived my entire life for so long alone in a crowded room. And I, at some point realized I cannot be the only one. And I think like never before in society, are we in groups of people and feeling so deeply lonely at the same time, we're just simply afraid to let our real self out into the surface. You know, we're just, I have this thing in my kitchen, it hangs above my pantry and it says, there's a skinny girl inside of me and she wants to get out, but I usually shut her up with cookies. <laughs> so that's like my mantra because I have such a sweet tooth. <laughs> but I think that that, that is a reminder for me of women. I think that there is this courageous girl inside of all of us who wants to get out, but we usually just can shut her up with fear or just that, that fear of letting our true self out or being accepted or getting disappointed again. So many different things, but we just keep our stuffed inside, unwilling to really show the world who we really are, you know, mm -hmm. afraid of rejection. And so because of that, we live very surface relationships in our communities and our crowds. And, and we're not, we simply just don't go deep. And, yeah. and that's really causing a, a huge hole of loneliness in, in women. And do you feel like social media has impacted that? I think it definitely has like never before because you get, you know, and we've talked about it a lot and for a long time now, how you get this skewed view of, of what reality really is for people. And, and you see just pictures, but you know that whatever you're struggling with in your life is what you're going to see as perfection in somebody else on social media. You will just tune in and zero into that very thing that you're feeling you're lacking. You're going to find it in abundance and looking really well in somebody else's life in this, this facade of social media. And that's really, really hard because it causes us to just kind of sink deeper and further into our own shells and think, why why even try? I'm never going to get there. And so, yeah, that is an added perspective to our lives. That is to me, a constant daily challenge for many of us. Yeah. I think that we, just my own personal opinion, never before in, in our world, have we been so connected while at the same time being so disconnected. And like you said, having that deep relationship with other people and that connectivity that, you know, not that you can't connect with someone and have conversation, you know, a little bit mm -hmm. over social media, um, because I've done that, but there's just something about having that community around around you. Mm -hmm. So I wholeheartedly believe that we were not created to do life alone. We are already establishing that. But I think that I think that it isn't so much that we don't crave community. I mean, because God put that on the inside of us. He created us to want to be around people, but self-sabotaging thoughts or fear of rejection can often keep us from reaching out to build that healthy community. Apart from those two major points, do you feel like, or have you seen any other, any other things that prevent us from having a community? Yeah, I think there's, I think there's lots of things. I think it's our lack of measuring up. You know, we just think the community out there looks like they're doing so much better getting there faster, you know, than we can go ourselves. And we're afraid, we become afraid to admit that. And again, it's just someone knowing 
what, what if I invite these people into my life and then they find out this? What if they find out that my kids aren't as perfect as what I've been letting on? What if they realize that I'm not as happy in my marriage as what I put the smile on my face and always say that I'm fine? What if people find out these things about me, then what are they going to think about me? Are they going to push me out of that community? Am I going to find what I thought was always true that I really don't belong in this place. And we have such a fear of not belonging that will put kind of a portion of ourself out there just to belong instead of just kind of our whole self in the mix. And then that's just not the way community is meant to be. And, you know, I know that we, in our community, every person that we're around in our life, we're not meant to go deep with, right? You don't get to tell the person in line at Chick-fil-A who just wants to buy her waffle fries, everything about your life that's going on. But our problem is, is that we just don't get there at all. It's like we, if we could remember, everybody has a junk drawer in their kitchen, right? I mean, I do. I just assume everybody else has some kind of a junk drawer in their kitchen. I have more than one. (laughs) Yes, I do too. Okay, so good. Then that's why we're friends because I have, I have a couple, but it's like, we want to invite people into our life. Come in my kitchen. Just don't look right here. Just don't open that drawer, Like, come into my life. Just don't look right here at my heart. Just look right here at my smile, but don't look deeper in the things of me. And we're just really good at hiding that for, and again, the fears go to so many different places for so many different women, but the premise of it is universal. It's keeping us from having those deep connections with people that are really meant not just to have in our life, but they're what push us forward. They're what get us where we need to go in life. Because like you said, we're meant to go together, not alone. So you'll never really get where you need to go without a community around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, I just have to point out, we're going to get to that here in just a few minutes, but finding that healthy community that you mm-hmm. feel like you can, you know, let your guard down and be real and be authentic. And I, I like to refer to it as a judgment-free zone. You know, I think that mm-hmm. so many times we were carrying these heavy things on our hearts and we're afraid to share because will I receive judgment? Will I receive a, you know, a pointed finger? Will they laugh at me, you know, all of these things. And so, like you said, we just walk around with our smile and everything is, is golden. How have you personally experienced feeling anonymous, anonymous in a room full of people and how did you overcome it? So I think when I finally overcame it, I experienced it in my life for, for many years growing up, but when I finally overcame it was when I married into the ministry and I married a pastor and I didn't grow up in church. And so my marrying into the ministry was a bit of a shock for me, really, because I just all of a sudden became this pastor's wife and felt like I needed to fit into a role of expectation and it needed to look a certain way. And it it wasn't really who I was. And so I did live very hidden as a pastor's wife for many years. And I was the type of person that was just afraid to have conversations, couldn't really string two sentences together to talk to people. I was that afraid of conversation changed my major four times in college to avoid a public speaking class. And now to say that I am actually a public speaker and on the preaching team and co-lead a church with my husband is just shows how amazing God really is. But all of these fears were inside of me because of the things that I was hiding that I was ashamed of and, and just was really afraid for people to know the real me. What I realized 
that as a pastor's wife is that that's exactly the, what was happening to the women around me because I wasn't able to open up and I was always fine. All of the women around me that were attending my church were always fine. Nobody, the, no one was having deep surface conversations. Um, and then all of a sudden I would be in front of a woman who, who would tell me we're getting a divorce. And I would think there was never, you never even asked for prayer. You never let me know there was a problem. I've known you for years. How could this be? And I realized and the Lord really dealt with me. Lisa it has to start with you. You're going to have to just get out of your comfort zone and do what is uncomfortable for you because you're going to need to pave the way. And by the when I finally realized that like when the motivation becomes about other people, instead of about yourself, you will find a way instead of finding an excuse. So I had to find a way to be uncomfortable and go first. And when I did, it took, it took, you know, a long time. I mean, it took a while. It wasn't an overnight fix, obviously, but we created a community of women who now feel safe and can talk and have deeper relationships all because I realized that if, if anyone was going to lead the way, why not me? I'm going to have to go first. And so really there wasn't a magic way except a decision and the Lord prompting my heart to say, Lisa, you have to do this. And then just having that decided heart and going forward and again, being very uncomfortable, but doing it anyways. And, and things began to change in my life. And I began to find a love for other people and realize that I was doing everybody a disservice for just keeping to myself, you know, that saying hiding in plain sight, if we're willing to admit it on a semi-painful level, it's a selfish way to live because you're meant to share your life with other people and somebody out there needs that unique thing that you have to offer them and you're keeping it to yourself. But God wants you pouring into other people just so people can also pour back into you and hiding and not, and staying surface. It's, we're just all to ourselves about ourselves, And that's not, again, not the way we're intended to live this life. Mm. Oh, so good. So good. It takes just one person, mm -hmm. one person that is going to, you know, tap into the Lord on the inside of them, lean on his courage and start, you know, put one foot in front of the other and just begin the conversation, begin to open up. And I have to believe that the women on the other side of your very courageous decision, I mean, they must have felt just this relief and burden off of their shoulders because finally they, they, um, you know, started to see and hear, I'm not alone there's someone else that is feeling the same thing I'm feeling, going through, experiencing the same thing I am. And just that in and of itself would help mm -hmm. someone feel like I have a community here because someone understands and I'm not by myself here, right? It's so true. When you, when you can finally just open up about something that you're struggling with, just something, you know, a deeper portion of your heart and put it out there in conversation, you see this relief on people's faces. If you're willing to look for it, it's just like this, ah, oh, that, Oh, I'm so thankful. I'm not the only one. I think we could remember that whatever we're going through in our life, whatever we're feeling and facing, we're not the only one. If we haven't found that one unique thing to struggle with that nobody else struggles with on this planet just simply isn't the case. So as we're willing to just, you know, take a deep breath and say it. And I love to watch women do that in in a group even, or in a small group, when they finally say something for the first time and they, they get this look like, did that just come out of my mouth? But at the same time, just this, 
Wow. When you realize that now you're just being embraced in love instead of what you thought might come your way, some mm-hmm. kind of rejection. And it's the total opposite. It feels just like Jesus would feel if we were telling him something face-to-face that we were mm-hmm. struggling with. That's what we would be met with. And so we're people that get to model that for other people, you know, mm-hmm. just waiting to accept and love and, and help and all of those things that we need to do for other people. Yeah. Uh, just a, a willingness. I know for myself, when I listen to a podcast or read a book or attend a, a women's event, or even, you know, in a, in a traditional church setting um, on a Sunday morning, if, if that speaker or author can sort of pull the shades back a little bit and let the, the people that are listening in to their, not necessarily that they have to give a play by play Mm -hmm. in those types, but just enough to, to make, make me feel like I can connect with that because Mm -hmm. they're sharing something that they're struggling with, but they're not leaving it there. They're saying, this is how God is helping me walk this Mm -hmm. out. I can always connect with that. I can always resonate with that. Um, Whereas I have, um, I have a harder struggle connecting with someone that is wanting me to think that life is just a bed of roses every day. I can't connect with that because that's not what my life is like. And so thank you. I just want to say mm-hmm. thank you for, for taking the lead in that. And I, yeah. I just can only imagine the beautiful community that is being fostered uh, at your church there in Oklahoma. Well done, sister. Well done. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, so what does community offer us that doing life alone just cannot? You know, I, there's, there's these three words that I use in my community here in our church and our, our Shinu community. And it's, it's deeper, further, faster. And I think that that's what community is. Community is meant to help you go deeper in your relationship with the Lord. Um, It's going to help you go further in life than you could ever go alone. And you're going to get there faster than you could have gone if you were by yourself. And, And that is what community will do for you. It will take you deeper, help you go further and get you there faster than anything that you could ever do by yourself. And so, because we're meant to, we push each other, we spur each other, we help ourselves through the hard moments. We help somebody else through their hard moments. And I just think, you know, I'm afraid that we, we often think we've got, oh, I've got more time to find community later. I'll, I'll join a group in the fall. You know, I'm here in the spring, but I'll, I'll join something in the fall because I'm just so, busy or whatever the excuses that we throw up. But if we would learn to realize that we actually have a limited amount of time, because none of us know how long we're here or how much portion of our life we get to share with this world. But in each and every person, there's this limited amount of time, but this, this huge amount of potential and that potential will almost reach its full ability with a group of people more than it can. If you're just trying to do life by yourself. And I just think you know, I, I have a thing that hangs in that's going, getting painted on the wall in our room. And it just says no destiny unfulfilled, no potential left behind. Because Mm -hmm. I think that when you're in a group and in a community, no matter how big it is or small two, 12, 22, whatever it is, but that community together will help you make sure that you reach your dreams that you have in the Lord and that you will put your full potential out there and get where you need to go. And, you know, we just, that's not going to happen on your own. You will live um, a much smaller life than what God intended for you to live. If you're trying to 
just get there by yourself. Yeah. And do you think that that is part of the reason why the Bible refers to us as the body of Christ? Mm-hmm. I think it absolutely has to be. I mean, I, I almost sometimes can't think of any other reason why, because we're meant to be all these working parts together, because there's no one part that makes this world turn, right? There's yeah. no one part that makes things work. It's all of these unique differences and capabilities that we have. You know, when I got married to my husband, he he's a pastor, but he also can sing beautifully. His whole family could sing. His sister, his mom, his dad, they all played instruments. And and I, you know, I can't even carry a tune. When our kids were little, I remember trying to teach our our then our five-year-old had to learn her address to a song because she had to know it for kindergarten. And I remember my husband saying, oh, you, you better let me do that. You're going to mess her up because <laughs> I just can't sing. But I wanted to sing. And that's what I thought I needed to be able to do in the church. And then everyone wondered why your pastor, why the pastor's wife can't play the piano or why she can't sing. And at some point I had to realize that is not the giftedness in me. It's not there. And that's okay if I'm not gifted in that way, but I have unique things to offer in other ways that people need. And so we get kind of caught up in what we don't have instead of what we do, but community will bring out the, the strong parts in you that make up for what other people don't have. And again, together we get where we need to go. Yeah, that is so good, Lisa. We have, my husband and I have uh, some good friends that are, they're retired now, but they were pastors for many years. And she always used to say, I just want to wear a sign that says, no, I don't play the piano. (laughs) It just kind (laughs) of, it just kind of goes together, you know, like the pastor's wife, she always plays the piano and she just always Mm -hmm. felt like, no, that I don't have, I'm not gifted that way. I can't sing. I make my joyful noise in the pew. <laughs> so <laughs> it's so true. I think that was, you know, when I got married in the nineties, that was, you know, thankfully I think church is changing very much our community and our cultures, but that was the church that I married into. And I'm so grateful. I, I mean, I was such a, so afraid back then for people to even find out that I just, I really assumed that my husband had married the most untalented person in the world. I couldn't talk. I, I was even afraid to pray out loud. I was that afraid to talk to people. As a matter of fact, after a church service, if I would see people coming towards me, I would immediately get panicked and think, oh no, what if they need me to pray for them? And I, I, I can't do that. You know, again, this is a pastor's wife. I mean, I was again, hiding so many fears and just putting a smile and they would come towards me and I'd be holding a baby. We had all these small kids and I, <laughs> I would literally pinch the leg of one of my kids to get them to squirm or kind of scream and then look like I'm super busy with my kids and be like, oh, you know, sorry, I'm not going to be able to help you. I'm going to go take care of my kids just to get out of things. I was always looking for a way out instead of jumping into what might make me uncomfortable. It was just, wow, I have come a long way. <laughs> true, true confessions right there, folks. <laughs> I love it. And we've all done it. I mean, it might not be mm-hmm. pinching the kid, the leg on our mm-hmm. kids, but we've all done something. I know I have too. Yeah. All right. So the $100 question then that everybody is itching to know okay, so I know that I'm created for community. I actually want community. How do I find a healthy community? Mm. Okay, so I I think of a couple of things with this. I think number one, you're going to have to be willing to go first. If you think you can't find a community, then you need to create one. 
And that's going to sound super scary to some women because they're going to think, no, I'm more of a sidelines person. I'd like to just be invited in. What if you're the one that's meant to start a community because somebody else needs it. And when that person finds it, you change their life and not just your own. So, and I also believe that wherever, wherever God has you in this world, he hasn't put you somewhere so that you could be isolated. He's put you right in the very place you need to be to find your community. So if you really think I can't find one, create one, but it could be that it's just right there around you. And you're going to have to step out of your comfort zone and do something uncomfortable and show up. You're just going to have to show up. You know, I, I, there, oh goodness, I'm going to like talk about a story from the Bible and not really be able to quote exactly where it's found now, but it's a familiar passage of, you know, the story in the Bible where it, there's this man on the mat and that the people that are helping him lower him through the roof to get him to Jesus. So they, they have this man on a mat and they want to get him to Jesus. They need to get him there to be healed. And the crowd is so big. So there are these four people taking him to Jesus. And then when they get there, the crowd is too big. And that right there is the moment where people give up. You get where you think you need to go and something happens and a little excuse creeps in. Well, the crowd is too big. Let's just give up. Well, my babysitter canceled. So I'll just give up to even go instead of like doing that next thing that gets you where you need to go. So know that you're going to have these hurdles and you're gonna have to get beyond because what those people did in the Bible is they like, they climbed on the roof, made a hole and lowered the man in Mm -hmm. down the roof. They, they found a way. I think that's the kind of community you need. You know, I think that we should all at some point in our life be carrying somebody else on a mat, getting them where they need to go or, we should be the one sitting on the mat, letting other people get us where we need to go. But what we can't be is the person standing on the sidelines, being a watcher and watching it happen. So your community, your right community, when you find it will be one that you are so excited to push other people forward. And when you need it, you're so excited to take your place on the mat and let them help push you. And that is to me a picture of what true community looks like. That's the group that I would be looking for to surround myself with. But it also isn't going to be an overnight find. You have to spend some time. You have to know this this is an investment in other people. It takes time to create relationships and relationships are formed through conversation. I, I think what holds us back in life is our inability to have hard conversations that holds us back from accomplishing so much in our life. And so no, it's going to take some time and, but it's going to be a beautiful thing when you allow yourself to be real. So pray for yourself as you step through the door of somewhere that you thought you would never show up or you're scared to death, go scared. I'm still scared to speak and I do it all the time and it's never without fear. So maybe your dive into community will still have you a little bit scared, but that's not a bad thing, right? We can yeah. do, we can do things afraid or yeah. we are able to do that as women. Yeah. And I think that not waiting for our feelings to be our motivator because mm-hmm. we could be waiting a really long time and mm-hmm. quite possibly even the rest of our lives, you know? Yeah. It's and so true. Yeah. I mean, we have to find our brave and um, mm-hmm. walk across the room and, you know, reach out and invite someone, start out small. You know, we don't have mm-hmm. to, you know, begin to, you know, have 
you know, a big group over at our house, if God leads you that way, then by all means. But Mm -hmm. for some of us, it's, you know, taking the initiative to walk across the room or walk across the street, introduce yourself. Would you like to have coffee with me? I mean, it's so simple. And, you know, if, if they say no, then they say no, but you're never going to know unless you, you know, start the conversation. Yeah, it's so true. I like what you said about feelings because feelings really do just make us go in circles, right? Feelings make you go in circles. It's faith and those steps that move you forward. But in in my book, Courageously Uncomfortable, when I was writing it, I it was that one of those thoughts was if we always live by what we feel, then we will experience the bare minimum of what Christ has for us in our life. And in his word, he says, I came to give you not just life, but life to the full. A full life in Christ looks like community. It it is moments of alone to be with Jesus, but it's not every life lived alone. It's in community. So you have to don't, I just, we don't want this bare minimum life. That's not what we're created for. So you're right. We have to get beyond our feelings and not let that be the driving factor. You know, I think God calls us to lots of things in our life, but never to anything that will destroy us, but always to things that make us uncomfortable right? Yeah. Community can be uncomfortable, but that doesn't make it wrong. You know, it's still what we, we need in our life. Right. Uh, so do you feel like community can change over time? And if so, how do we learn to ebb and flow with those changes? Mm -hmm. I think that's probably one of the hard things because when you find a community, um, you want it to just stay that way forever but it's like having this grandbaby that I have who's four and a half months old. And I want her to stay that cute forever, but she's going to grow up and she's going to make decisions that are going to break her parents' heart. And she'll probably break my heart. And you know, there will be some, just so just the seasons in life, your community will change. I do believe that mine is ever changing, even in my own church, because people come and go and, you know, people move on for different reasons. So uh, I think that's the, the thing that sometimes keeps people from not wanting to stay in community again or find a new community because of the hurt of changes. So I think it's being able to know that your seasons are going to change, but just because they change, it could be that God just has a, he has other people. Like, I think you are this unique, beautiful person and God is trusting you to take care of some other people. To, yeah. to go. So he will disrupt and change our communities for lots of different reasons, but sometimes it's because he needs a disruption in our life to get us to look a different way. Right. I need yeah. you to look over here because this person needs you over here. And that can be hard to understand because that here's the truth. Once you find a community that you become, you just in love with and grow in that will actually also become super comfortable, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. But sometimes, again, there needs to be a different way you need to go, a different place you need to be, and a start over, right? Yeah. That is hard. So if your community has been disrupted and you find yourself alone, that's, that's not wrong. It's not a bad thing. It just means that there's a new group somewhere that needs, you know, that beautifulness of what you have to offer the world. And so go out there and share yourself with them. 
Yeah, so good. All right. So speak to the woman listening today that has felt hurt by community. And again, she craves community. It isn't that she wants to do life alone, but mistrust or fear is holding her back from taking that first step to rebuild healthy community. Yeah. So I think it really is that inside of you, almost what I was just talking about, how there you have this life to live, a a life to experience in Christ and people who need what you have to offer. But nothing that we do in this life is going to come without being having some pain points or being hurt, or we can't protect ourselves from those things at all. But we also cannot find the, the satisfaction and the feeling of, uh, you know, that feeling that just rises up in you when you have just poured yourself into somebody else and it made a difference in their life. Again, it's finding that motivation to continue to make a difference about somebody else and realizing that if you're feeling hurt and that's why you're staying alone and you're isolated, that that's exactly where the enemy wants you. That's where the enemy keeps you comfortable. So the enemy isn't worried about where you are today. He's worried about the good things that will happen for where you're going. If you follow the path that God has for you, right? He's worried about who you'll become if you step out of where you're hurt and move into you know, freedom of what God has for you within another and a different community. And so of course he's going to hold you back. You know, I realized in my life that I became super comfortable in my protected world where I get to stay safe, where nobody really knows a lot about me. Nobody knows that I grew up in this drug addicted and alcoholic family. Nobody knows the choices that I made in college. Nobody knew this history that their pastor's wife had. I was super comfortable with people just knowing the Lisa who got married to the pastor and that's it. But I also, the Lord helped me realize that the enemy was actually super comfortable with me just being that girl. And that is not who God has for us. So again, hurt will come and come and come again. You'll find a new community and you're still probably going to get hurt, but those are not excuses not to keep going and not to keep trying again, make that motivation about other people and your life will become so much better because of it. Mm -hmm. That is so good. So good. And like you said, I mean, it's part of living life. We are never Mm -hmm. going to permanently remove ourselves from disappointments and hurts. And, Mm -hmm. and so often they're unintentional people in our community. They don't know that that was hurtful. They didn't mean to, it's not that they're, you know, that their hearts are, are bad or that they're evil willed. It's just, we're imperfect people living in an imperfect world and it happens. And, and yet the Lord, yes, he meets us at our point of pain, but he doesn't leave us there. He walks us out of there. He leads us triumphantly to healing and to freedom and to continue to engage with people Mm -hmm. in the world. So good, Lisa. All right. So thank you so much for joining us, but I have a couple of questions. Before I let you go, the first one is you have a women's conference coming up. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited that you asked about that. So it is in September. It's the 17th and 18th. So it's a Friday night and a Saturday. It ends about noon on Saturday and it's called the Shinu Gathering. And it is such a fun conference for women 
So, and it really is all ages. So it is that college girl who's there all the way up to our empty nester seasons and above, but it is every year we are just trying to just equip and empower women just to know that they are ordinary women in the hands of an extraordinary God who has a life you know, again, for them. So we do that here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So if anyone is interested, they can visit the shenewgathering.com and, and find some information there. Um, we keep the tickets super affordable so that it is just open for whoever wants to come. And, you know, we didn't get to have it last year. So we are so excited to gather this year for that conference. Yeah, that was my next question. So are you hosting it in person or is it virtual? Are you doing both? What, what does that look like for you this year? We, we are doing it in person. Um, we're so fortunate to be able to do that in Oklahoma. So, so, so thankful. And we are going to have a virtual option. We're not sure exactly what that looks like yet. It's probably just the main services and not the whole conference. Um, but we are having a portion of it that will be available virtual. So Okay. It's kind of the new world we live in, right? So we're yeah. just, as we came through the year last year of doing virtual church, where we've learned how to do a lot of things virtual. Right, so right. That, that option will be available. So you can um, follow our She New Ministries on Instagram or Lisa J. Goins on Instagram for any updates about She New Gathering, and you can watch for virtual information there. Okay. And that was my next question. Where can people find you and follow along? Yeah. So on, I am on Instagram at lisajgoins.com and I, you know, post just bits of encouragement there. Um, definitely related to a lot of what we were talking about today. Cause that's what I talk about um, most. And then she knew ministries is the, she knew gathering site where you can find the information. And I'm also on Facebook. So with, as Lisa, there's Lisa J. Goins on Facebook as well. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for joining us. It's been just such a joy to have you. Thank you for your investment into our lives. Uh, we just so appreciate you and um, are believing for great and life-changing things to take place at that women's conference this year. It's going to be fabulous. I just know it. Um, yeah. All right, listeners, thank you so much for joining us again this week. We're so honored that you took time out to listen. And I just really believe that uh, the things that we talked about here, uh, the investment, the words that Lisa shared today added a lot of value to your life. I just really believe it. I know it did mine. So with that, we will catch you next week, but just know that you are fully known, you are fully seen, and God could not love you any more than he loves you right now at this very moment. Have a great rest of your week, and I will catch you next time. Well, I hope that that was a blessing in your life. I'd love to hear what you walked away with from this week's episode. Drop a comment and let me know. I read and respond to each and every one of them, and I would love to hear from you. We all know people who could use some encouragement, especially nowadays, right? If you felt this episode was a blessing to you, would you share it with the people in your life? Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode because a new one drops each and every Wednesday. And would you be willing to leave a review and maybe even a few stars? It not only fills my heart and means so much to me, but it helps women find the podcast and be encouraged too. Have a fabulous week and I will connect with you right back here next week.